You used to have Meccano sets, and you and your your friend. Yes, we did. We I used to love that. And then, of course, I got school and college and work. Blah blah blah. Well, when I retired and we came here, I decided to treat myself and bought a Meccano set number ten, which was top of the range, in a cabinet with five drawers. And I subsequently added to it considerably, mm. either by buying or people gave it to me because they knew I'd got some. Until I finished up with the whole lot. I auctioned off last year. My hands are gone, my eyes are gone, can't handle it. Which was a shame, but I've We've got, got I've got photographs of all the models I made so that you can see things like an Eiffel Tower seven foot six standing in this doorway, an eight foot long merchant ship sitting on the grass out there, a um, Ferris wheel with little figures in that Doris made out yeah. of clothes beds and wool, which I've still got. So I did a lot of Meccano, and I also made other things. Um, I used to, in the war, I used to make, buy kits, make model aeroplanes, paint them up, then sell them in the local toy shop, because you couldn't get toys. Mm -hmm. But there was a firm that made model aeroplane kits right next door to where I lived. And we made our own toys. I've got a galleon that I built that's on the windowsill in the bedroom from a kit, just for interest. And I've recently finished up a model of this house which I've made a bako and that's in there, and also a model of the barn, where in the 80s, 82, we bought a dilapidated barn in the middle of Wales, turned it into a holiday home. So that was all done by us. Okay, and so you used to make your own toys, you're saying? Yes. And what, again, this comes back to the dressmaking and knitting. Well, anything we got that was a lot of, um, we would use. Um, we used to pretend we'd got a car and we'd go upstairs mm. and, and sit on the settee or the bed mm. and say, oh, look, <laughs> it was imaginary. Because mm. we had, there were four of us and we hadn't got anything. What do you do? Well, we were playing. Mm. We'd got one another. Eric hadn't got one another. So what, what would you make the car from? Well, the settee, we'd get the squabs off the settee we only have one settee oh, yeah. um and um and then you pretend to be in the car and drive that's right and, and and pretend because we had a neighbor who got a car which was quite something then and um so he used take to take us out sometimes to toot hill to toot hill wherever that was <laughs> it was up and down switch yeah back and it was up and down and we used to say right here we go we're going down and See, whereas cars are normal to me. But no, no. Because we hadn't got anything, mm. we learnt to imagine. And mm. My father had an old motorbike, I've got a photo of it, when he was a teenager. A belt driven motorbike. Subsequently, he had a string of cars. I think he told me he had 33 cars in his life. He was always well off and always had cars. So when I was a boy, I was expected to go around in a car. We'd go from Chingford to South End in the autumn, mm. South End on Sea, where they got Never Never Land, which was a grassy bank, all done up with fairy lights and models floodlit. This was before the war, and that was quite a nice afternoon, evening treat out. So you would drive? You would drive there? I wouldn't. He would. He would. I'm talking about when I was a boy. Mm. Okay. And uh, did you, I, did we you, only did, got a car. Did you cycle very far? I used, to, I, used yeah. to, I used to cycle a lot because yeah. um, I didn't cycle to West Ham College because I'd done a day's work and that was enough. It was dark. 
But um, when I got a second job, uh, also by a newspaper advert, it was actually in a laboratory above a solicitor's office in Fenchurch Street. And I used to cycle from Chingford, that's 15 miles, because it cost half a crown a day to go on the bus, and also because the bus was always full when I came out from work. I'd have to wait for bus after bus before I got home. And that lady over there I knew was waiting for me when I did get home. So in the end I had the bike, mm. so I knew exactly when I'd get home. Okay, but did you, did you used to go out for leisure, like on the weekends and things, like cycle? Because again, the gentleman at Epping used to, yes, cycle, used to cycle to South End for, on Saturday. Yes, we did, and we had um, little seats put on our bikes. Our two eldest daughters are 17 months mm. apart, mm. so they were quite close, really. And uh, we used to, Eric used to have one on the seat at the back of the bike. Well, now we couldn't do that. No. We'd be terrified to do. No, that. we didn't cycle at South End. We'd go to car. No, no, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, but 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 some because cycling was quite a. Yes, was, we was, were. Well, it's come back again in fashion, but it was the very most, popular. The most we could cycle was probably Chingford to Broxbourne, which was about fourteen High miles. High Beach, and, yes. And that was right. that was a long haul, right? Cause, yeah, cause, but we went out on the bikes quite a lot mm. because we couldn't afford to do anything else. No. And there wasn't a lot of traffic then, was there? No. That's another thing. So little traffic that the main road that fed our little oval of houses, Whitehall Road, was the main road into Chinford. But when I was a boy and we used to buy model aeroplanes, frog aeroplanes fly right off the ground, frog. And uh, Ken and I used to have these and we'd take them off in the middle of the main road. You'd look, say, our car's gone by, won't be one for ten minutes, wind it up, put it there, watch it go. Was that quite... we, we really weren't very well off until Eric was about 40 when we started to see uh, something for all the work that he'd done. I mean, they started to promote him and mm. that sort of thing. And so uh, we were never really well off. And he built and we and learnt to sail a boat um, with a library book. Yeah, I Dingy sailing from the library book. He built the boat in the garage. We saw, we saw the boat in the shop, uh, selling us kit, and we looked at it and thought, oh, that's nice. And I go, then we got home, I said to Doris, would you like, you a, like boat? a boat? Yeah. So I went and bought the kit, put it all in the We car. had some adventures in there. It was 11 foot. How um, old would you be then, Eric? Well, we were at, we were at um, Colvin Gardens. Uh, so that would be 1957. Yes, we were at Colwinger. 1957. Okay. And I built it in a garage. And then we took it out on the train and used to sail it around. The estuary is in Essex. Mm. We in. had some adventures <coughs> in that Right, you see, we've had some adventures. Mm. So we adventures. did. Learned all about tides and mud. We never mm. thought of eating out because we couldn't afford to do it. Before. People, people. So we always had a picnic. Yeah, people well, didn't really do that really until the sort of like the no, 60s, did they? That's right. Because no. one of the things that's come up in the conversation, you know, like things like Bernie Inns were probably, and Forties were probably like the early when people started to eat out a bit more. Yes, you're right. Well, we don't eat out very much at all if you have to. We don't now. Like if you go to a garden centre and it's lunchtime and eat out. Mm. But when we, people say, where can we eat in Charmouth? Well, we don't know. We eat at home. Mm. We wouldn't dream of going out to find. A cafe in but Charmouth you know, for lunch. A lot of people thought we were so different, 
in that not only educationally but um, in lots of other ways um, that it wouldn't work but um, in fact we've always been compatible we've had a lovely time mm. and um, we'd be lost without one another we're lucky mm. that we're still okay but that's very rare now isn't it mm. although we've got two daughters who are very um, happy good, good. <laughs> thank goodness yeah. um, you talked about your father having really loved his radiogram Yes. Do you remember what sort of ra- what shows you what programs you'd listen to on the radio? Yes, it's Monday night at eight o'clock, and don't you hear the chimes? They're telling you to take an easy chair. <laughs> um, that was Monday night at eight, and uh, Tommy, what was his name? The funny bloke. Eric, oh, somebody's me. half hour. Tommy Trindler. Hank Hancock's Hancock's oh, okay. half hour. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a bit later, wasn't it? Hancock's half hour. And then we used to hear Radio Luxembourg. Oh, okay. Uh, but that was like the ITV now, mm. yeah. uh, with all the ads. Yeah. Um, but um, my dad was very, you know, jolly most of the time, and um, <coughs> he, and I, he would listen to all. And that. I imagine like the radio was a bit like. The t- that the whole family would gather yes. around to listen to together. In our case, definitely. Mm. Yes. Um, we, we all loved the radio. So you'd all be down the radio. But there was be... only one, you see. Yeah. Yeah, and I've that. got now one of my, what I call, our little girl's chair. My little girl's chair. We've got in the kitchen now. I mean, uh, it's, that? it's what we used to have to sit on. There was only two easy chairs, and that was mum and dad's. All right. Listen, we weren't miserable. Mm. We and one day since we've been here, uh, we've had a choir singing here uh, for thirteen years. And one mm. of the ladies was a teacher at Axminster Primary School, and she said to us one day, "Look, um, would you come to school and talk about your childhood?" So she said, um, "They've all got grandparents." But you two are fun. <laughs> so would you would you come? So we went. And they got two thrones on, on the, the dais next to one another and all the children in a big semicircle all round with their uniforms Very smart, on. They looked uniform. lovely, didn't they? And they'd obviously been told to behave themselves. And all the teachers were around the edge. Well, the teachers just, all looked like young girls. I thought they kind of a sixth form in a primary school. Turns out they were the teachers. Eric, well, Eric said to me, "I'm going to take the, a stink bomb." Did you say I'm going to take it or tell them? No, about I, I it? told them, tell them what them to, how to make one. I yeah, told them what to do that. with fireworks. I said to him, "You can't do that." What to do He's, with fireworks, particularly with um, glass milk bottles and letter boxes, and what the best thing to use cine- stink bombs in a cinema. And also Meccano. I took a working Meccano model and said, this is what I used to make. She said they talked about it for weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, one little girl came out with a great big poster. And they'd all drawn their faces on this poster mm. and their names underneath. Mm. And they'd all picked two flowers from their garden to bring to school. And they got this great big photo. Okay, yeah. It was lovely, wasn't it, Eric? Mm. 
and uh, it was fun. Um, okay, another question here. I got on my thing. Is did you used to get pocket money? I didn't. We oh, we had a Saturday penny. Uh, Saturday penny. Was, and, that, was uh, that to go to the cinema? Did you just go to Saturday morning pictures? Yes, that was nothing. Was nothing. You couldn't go to the cinema on a penny. No, we didn't go. To, no, we when we went, it was Saturday morning pictures for the children, mm. and we didn't pay. You didn't pay. No, we didn't. Why? Perhaps they got something for the school. I yes, think. maybe. I used to pay, but it was a few pence when I went. Mm. Yes. Well, I didn't see you there. Cause well, I used to get, <laughs> I used to get sixpence a week. But although my parents were rich, it, they didn't sort of add to it. If I wanted something expensive, I had to save. Mm. If I wanted a model airline, airliner, which you could buy then for wind up and fly off the road, for two and six, I'd have to save five weeks and not spend anything. But on the other hand, when my father had, he, my father had two brothers. One they'd fallen out with when they were very young. The other one used to be quite close. And when the, that brother and his wife and my cousin used to come, uh, they'd sit round the car in the afternoon on a Sunday playing kitty nap and they'd give uh, Frank and me a penny each to go down to the Sunday school. Well, of course, we used to go to the sweet shop and buy sweets. Mm. The extra Thanks, Sorry, playing kitty nap? What's... Kitty nap? Well, it's a game of slight whist, but mm. with a lot of cheating going on. <laughs> So could you tell us about what about some Saturday morning pictures then? Well, that was just purely for children. Mm. And uh, so it was a couple of hours and they monitored it. There was always somebody there. Like the, it's like the um, park intent, attendant. We used to have parks that we went in. Um, and we had one from, not far from our house. And um, there was, but there was always a park keeper there mm. who kept his eye on the kids. Mm. And if you were on the swings and you were over twelve, he, you, you bet your life the car park, park keeper would come round. Um, but, um, but then it was the same with the cinema. But in the cinema, you used to go in any time and take your chance of what was going on. You expect to see a, yes. uh, a main film, a B film. Maybe news a few real. adverts, uh, cartoon and news. Yeah. And you and the point was, you'd go in, you'd pay your money, nine months or whatever, and you could sit there as long as you liked. Mm. And then you'd leave at the end, and there'd be an exit door down by the screen. Oh, and oh, all what? the kids used to sit near the front and stare up at the screen. But once you got tired, you'd just leave. It wasn't like now where they time it, and you could only go in to see that picture, and that's your lot, mm. for about four quid. We, the fact is that we walked everywhere. We didn't expect to do anything else. No. My dad, I'm always saying this, uh, if they all say at home that I was dad's favourite, <coughs> I suppose I was willing to do all the stuff. And he used to take me on the top of the bus to watch football. Now, I've often said this to Eric, nowadays it's a totally different thing. But in those days, We'd stand on the sideline and all the men would shout and yell at the players, but it was fun. Otherwise, he would never have taken me because he was very strict about us being young ladies. What, 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 what team would he take you to? Um, well, this would be like Chingford. No, not Chingford, Eric. 
Well, where did he live? Oh, was it Tottenham Hotspur yes, or West Ham right. or yeah. somebody? And but they didn't stand on the grass, the audience, surely. Probably. Yes, because it was only a small uh, club oh. mm. when, so, so this Dad, is before when Dad used to take me. So you're talking about the 40s? Yes. Well. 30s? 30s. 30s. Yeah. Yes. If we went out on the bus, it was a real treat. Well, go, yeah, like so. That's quite. That was quite a treat, really. Going with your dad on the bus that's and right. to the football. Absolutely. Was a yes. real. Was a real. But it was what I'm trying to point out is that it was quite suitable for children to go. I mean, it wasn't anything you've got to worry about. No. At all. The real worry was for me going to the grammar school because I had to get a bus near where I could walk to to get me to Chinford Mount, which was the main shopping intersection in Chingford, in South Chingford, not North Chingford. And there I'd get on a tram. And this was real trams clanking along the rails with a stick, you know. And the trouble is, upstairs where of course all the kids used to go, all wanted to get at the front. And the front wasn't closed in, it was just a semicircular bay with wire mesh up to about there and seats round. And of course everybody used to hang over the wire mesh. Anybody could have got pushed over the Horseplay, you know, mm. fatal to land on your head, even if the, the tram was still. And I did that yes. till the war, oh, till 1937, the trolley buses came along, mm. which of course they could steer anywhere. Now, I remember the trolley buses. Older, it was just, definitely music. Just to the side, to quickly while I made the trolley buses, mm. they used to have a lot of trouble with trolley buses at first because the main wires, they had a trolley like a tram. The main wires kept on wearing out. They'd always have them down to replace the wire. Till some genius thought, we want the little pickup wheel to wear out. Have a hard wire and a soft wheel. And then we could easily make, put new wheels in. Just one of those development things with trolley buses. But before we go to music and an adult, so were the Saturday morning pictures, were they very righteous? You know, were they, because I imagine a cinema full of young children Yes, to, be, right. to be a bit of a riot. Bedlam. Well, only because you, you were all tied up to, say, Tarzan or something like that. But you didn't really care. People mm. cared about the picture. It wasn't mm. fighting amongst themselves. No, no, but that's it. There's that thing. So when the baddie would come on, the whole mm. cinema would boo. Yeah, and that's, right. Shoot. that's <laughs> right. The cowboy. Yes. Tom Mix and co. But, but it was always monitored by adults mm. that were you were wary of. So it was never just a free-for-all. And would the adult clip you around the back of the head? If uh, I might have done. Well, uh, well never with us. No, that's that why. No. <laughs> we don't know. No, they did never uh, do anything to me because I was no. too frightened, I suppose. But clipping around the head was a thing that policemen did and other people. Nobody saw anything of it then. And it was much more salutary than slapping them on the wrist and saying, I'm going to put a tag on your leg for a fortnight. But then, you know, there were drawbacks. I mean, in, uh, my dad was so worried about us with boys because boys used to come home and we'd always got a house full of boys. Mm. And um, in the end, my young sister, who died incidentally when she was 29 with cancer, um, she... Um, became pregnant and she was 18 and that was a very serious thing mm. and um, 
it absolutely threw our home into chaos mentally. It was awful for all of us. It was something to be ashamed of. Yeah. If she woke up now, she'd be absolutely amazed. At the casual way in which people just take pregnancy. When she was on her deathbed, she <coughs> said to me, I've, I've made a mistake and I've paid for it ever since. Now, isn't that awful? Mm. And the, the chap that um, it was that was with uh, Joyce, uh, he came over in a party, like a lot of them did, to help to mend the uh, bomb damage. And as we'd got a rocket fallen where we lived, he was there with a, this gang of Irish <coughs> men who were doing all the stuff. And uh, he just wanted to marry her, but he was a bit older than her, and mum and dad were really worried about the whole thing. It was awful. It was an absolute <laughs> devastation to everybody. Anyway, he did marry her. Yes, he did marry her. <coughs> and when she died, we took it, their son Ian in with us for how many months? Yeah, several months. To live till Jerry got himself sorted out. Ian subsequently grew up and... Uh, he's now 60. He's now we six went to his 60th party mm. and he said to my sisters and I, we were all sitting at the party, uh, I've got something to tell you three. And he told us that he'd found out, he'd been back to Ireland to try and trace his father's uh, background and found that he was um, a bigamist. A worse, worse <laughs> so it's bigamist. like a story. He'd been know? married in Ireland and had got children, mm -hmm. but his story to us in England was that his family were all Catholics and had cut him off with a shilling because he was going out with a Protestant girl, Joyce's sister. Mm -hmm. So he married Joyce, and when she died, he then married Mildred, who um, was, he was the best friend of one of Doris's sisters. When she died, he married Barbara, who was a neighbour who'd come over to look after him in the house that he'd inherited. And uh, Barbara's still alive, she lives somewhere south. And she London. doesn't know. But the, the search found, you see, that Jerry was married in Ireland, he married Mildred, he married Joyce, he married Barbara, so he got one proper wife and three bigamous ones. Mm. And there the situation is at the moment. Jerry's dead, but Ian knows and he's told us. Barbara... Um, I think it was fairly... Before the 50s, um, there was a lot more that went on than it does now because oh, absolutely. divorce was very hard. Absolutely. But now, um, anybody does anything, don't they? They don't care what happens morally. Mm. I mean, to us, it's completely foreign because we all lived with our mums and dads until we got married. So what about games you played at school? Can you remember any sort of activities you'd get on? Uh, yes, we used to play... Um, what's that where you bend over and you leap over the... Oh, leapfrog! Right. We, oh, we used to play at school the man's version, which is called Jimmy Nacker. Well, I don't know have, about that. Where you'd have two teams of boys, you preferably want at least 12 in each team. 
and you need a painting or other strong fence, you find the weakest one in the other one's team and say, right, you're in first. He leans on his back to the fence. The other boys all bend down, plug in as we called it, hanging round his waist, head down, all the others head under their crutch into a line, and then the other team would leap on, run and leap on the backs and shake and try and knock them over. And if they knocked them over, they'd won that point. And so the trick was, if you've got 12 people leaning away from you, you try to drop your, all your 12 guys on, say, the last four, where they're bound to collapse. Then that's what you get up to at grammar school. Other than that, it was the ordinary games that I talked about before. Mm. What, was it, what did you call that game again? Jimmy Knacker. Okay. I don't know well, what it's I, called. I've not heard it. I mean, I've heard it called Bulldog before. In what it was. House, it was a lot of imagination, really. Mm. I mean, we used to make... Uh, mum, if Mum had got rags and things, we used to roll them up into balls and have a knitting wool shop and that kind of thing. Mm. Ours was mostly imagination. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Well, I hope we haven't filled your mind with a load of rubbish. No, no, no. Very interesting. Okay, um, all right, then, come then, music. And as we're getting on to now, you as um, adults. Yes. Um, you two are now, you're courting or you've got married. What sort of activities... I mean, did, did, your, did your leisure time activities change, do you think, when you got married? No, it was always dancing. It's always been dancing. Dancing, children and music. Singing. And, uh, yes, yeah, some music. Don't be with us. I mean, Eric's played for the Harlow Opera uh, Company um, for um, bang shows. Years for their rehearsals. For bang shows. That scouts is Scouts a and... All that sort of thing in the village. Associated board so, examinees um, up to grade eight. I've never taken a music yes, exam. Yes, lots of um, so you know, lots of friends, one at a time, singly, hmm. and played for them. We've had lots here. We've had lots where we used to live. We had a little yeah. group of seven people we used to live to play septets with the piano, and they got strings. And I've got now uh, three string players who come. From time to time, play and a tenor singer who comes every fortnight. But my playing's getting so bad now that. But uh, anyway, and I, I played the organ here until last December for fifteen years, twenty years. Yes. Until I had to give up because I couldn't see the music. Um, all right, coming back to dancing, where would you go dancing then when, when you're, you're church younger? hall first of all. Well, we were teenagers who used to go church. down the manor hotel. So that was so that was the youth club and the church hall. That's right. And then and then as as you got become adults. Well, it was started when um, Linda went to the grammar school, and that was the two of them sort of going to the secondary school mm. and didn't need our constant attention, and we said. Well, we're sitting here like a couple of lemons and we're only in our 30s. So let's do something. Okay, we'll join the dance club at Linda's Grammar School, which we did. We went there and had a lovely time. Mm. And they realised that it was for us and we were, were keen on it. And so they helped us find a club. Oh, no, then, no, we wrote, then we Eric's, the, Eric's Labs. We wrote the school club. And then, uh, subsequently, the school said, look, so many people in this dance club are non-parents, they've really got to go. So we all went to the Halex Club, which was a factory, 
that I used to work in. That's right. And we used to go to an upstairs room and dance there, and that was fun. And it was there that we used to go away for one weekend every year, about November, down to Bournemouth to a hotel, the Linden Hall Hotel, which is oh, no longer there such now. Fun. And we'd take over the, uh, 30 of us or so and dance all night and then call for tea and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, but, but dancing before your children were born, where, where would you go dancing then? We went to the Manor Hotel in Chingford and that, loved that, that didn't that was we? About, that's all I can remember. That was just ordinary, but then we learned to sequence dance. But that was the, that was the courting bit when they used to have, finish up with the kids' walls and the sparkling ball with the <laughs> lights and lovely. Yeah. What sort of dances did you do then? Well, well, just modern, the ordinary modern uh, ballroom. Quick step. Um, Modern boring, quick step, waltz, foxtrot, fox tango. And lots of friends. It was just fun. And we gave it up about seven years, would mm. it be, Eric? When we came, when we came here, yeah. we went to the uh, a dance academy in Barrett Street to Bernard Gale's club. Yeah. And uh, he would teach or teach us real dancing which didn't really suit us, it was too fiddly. So somebody said, I know a better club that you'd enjoy, which met at Church House in Bridport, and we were there for years. And that was lovely, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was, yeah. And we've still got friend, mm. or a friend now, left from those times. Most of, yeah. Because we can't go and see her now, because she hasn't got a car, neither have we. Mm. We've lost our car for two months now. Mm. More than that, eight I'm months. still getting over it. Eric accepted it. Yeah, one of my volunteers is going through. She's waiting to hear from the licensing people if they're going to take her license away at the moment. Yeah, well, that's what's happened to It's four months for us. The license people wrote to me on April the 23rd and said, as of this day, your license is revoked. We're struggling at this moment to be independent Mm. and join things. Mm. That's how we got to know about you. Yeah. It's horrible without the car. Well, especially, yeah, like, yeah, it's because we were talking about it earlier, about lack of public transport. Yeah. Uh, mm. um, so I'm just thinking about, again, your, your early... One of, the, one of the questions, when when you had children, did you find your leisure time stopped? Yes. Oh, yeah. But it didn't stop for Sally, because we've got Linda and Christine... Mm. Um, but your first two children, you felt yes. you had after her for a bit, and they were so good to us and their boyfriends. Of course, that I went. Mean, that went when they married and went to university. Linda is now an ar- ar- architect, and she's married to an architect. While they were queuing to find the, which, which studio they were having when they very first went to register, um, they found they were in the same studio, and when Linda came home. The first weekend, she said to me, Mum, I've found the man I'm going to marry. He doesn't know, but I'm going to marry him. And boy, she did. And she and did. What a choice. Well, she was son-in-law too. He's a really nice, he's been such a good husband. Well, I'm, very, I'm very interested in this thing that you feel that when you had, a, when you had your children, yeah. that you feel that your leisure time stopped. Oh, yeah. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm because... interested in that concept that you feel, felt it, it, it stops. Yes, what, what? I, well, did, I didn't mind quite so much then because I didn't live far from my home. You've got and yeah. I've got sisters there, and they it was always buzzing mm. with mm. young 
people. But that's what so I'm, that's, I, that's what I mean. You felt you you're sort of saying you felt your leisure time stopped when you had children, but yeah. you could well, still socialise and chat with your. That's right. Well, I went home hmm. and well, pushed, well, you, pushed the pram home. You had friends with Anders Hill too. But when we first, oh, I've always made when we friends. first married, but, we that's what, but you're still sort of saying that you felt like your leisure time stopped, even yes, though well you still did. had, even though you still had quite a good social life. Yes, well, only because you're tired, aren't you, with children? You've got to stay in every evening. See, when we had the two children, mm. uh, the second one came born in a prefab council prefab, uh, and because the council at that time wanted cheap prefabs to rent out. And people they'd got expensive houses that people couldn't afford. We could afford to rent that house. So when Linda was born, I applied immediately for a council house. They said, yes, this is the address, move in, bubble. So in 13 days from her being born, we were moving into a new house. Uh, but we hadn't got a car. We got two children, no car. So it depended then of friends up the road and the bus. You but were tied with a Shortly family, after that, my you? father gave me his car. And so we were then mobile. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't go out in the evening. We hadn't got loads of money either. No. I mean, it's I a slow job when you're a chemist working your way up. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm interested. I mean, quite a lot of uh, mothers have said the same thing to you, same thing as you, but have a they? couple of other mothers have sort of said that again that they because they used to socialise still and they'd meet other mothers. That's right. That they still felt they had leisure. Is that is that it was that understanding of 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 they still had leisure. Well, even well, though even though they had a child and obviously they were tired, because they could talk to friends and meet friends. They, they well, that's right. But then that's the difference between, as you said, about the car. We didn't have cars when I did have my own car. Um, it was unusual for somebody to stay at home all day. And also have a car. Mm. So I did a lot with the car in taking people. I was a great WIR. Mm. And um, so I had the car. And as soon as anything happened outside the village, they'd all look at the driver. And so I took them everywhere. You know, drop them at the village hall door mm. where it's uh, pouring with rain and go and have to park the car in the muddy field <laughs> that sort of thing so I learnt a lot about giving lifts and all that sort of thing but um, we, uh, uh, when you've got children you have to consider them first mm. no quite a lot of, yeah quite a lot and it's quite interesting that that hasn't changed I inter interviewed a young mother whose child's about seven who said very similar that yeah. She doesn't consider it, she, it's very interesting, she said she doesn't consider it work because work has a finish time. Yes. Mm. But That's she didn't, she didn't, doesn't consider what she does, like say, I sort of say, so she goes out and sees a friend and has a coffee, but she's, right. she's not, it's not leisure because she's oh, got, oh I did a lot of that. Because she's got yes. the baby along. Yes. Yes, and I did go out with friends, but it was always walking and pushing mm. a friend. Um, I mean, and were there things like young mothers' clubs that you would go to? Do they, uh, they do if they... there was, I didn't go. Okay. Why didn't I go? Well, we lived in a bit of a remote place in Chingford, right in a dip. The only way out was a very high hill to get to the top of another very Still, high hill really to get to matter. the shops. Mm. So it was physically hard to get out of where we lived when we lived in my aunt's flat. But, but, but wouldn't you have to go shopping every day? 
Yes, I went shopping. With but a great big silver cross I used to go shopping. Like you know. Yeah. yeah. I used to go shopping with a friend. Mm. That was Doris Mann and I. Mm. And also, I mean, there weren't things like coffee, coffee bars weren't a common thing then, was they, on the high street? No, no they weren't. So no. you couldn't just stop. We and remember no. the first one in the 50s in Chile. On the other hand, coffee I bar, think that nowadays sugar. everything's totally different because mothers put their children in the nursery, don't they? Well. And uh, mm. then go out to work. Mm. Well, I never went to work, out to work, and then a lot of mothers were at home mm. and so there's always somebody uh, that you're, you're associating with mm. and as I like people and that I've never sort of felt lonely mm. it was Sally that gave me the real shock coming all that l long afterwards and um, as young again before your children were born did, apart from dancing did you go, do things like go to the cinema not much, not because we much. hadn't got the money. No. So dancing didn't cost you money then? Yes, it did. Well, it, it, but, was, a, um, it was about 50p a week or whatever. Yes, it wasn't very much. Just a contribution. And, um, we, we loved that. So perhaps that's something yeah. in it, you know. We've never been one to go to the cinema. Even no. now we don't. No. no never have. So... We're not really that way inclined. I most suppose most mostly most we do. Most intense dancing was when we lived here. We came here and joined the club at Church House yes. in Bridgeport. But I think probably that um, we always we made our own entertainment with mm. the piano and everything. Mm. That perhaps that's why we didn't go to the cinema. Because we've never oh, done No, it's never we? been a scene for us to go to the cinema. No, it's mm. much more about so it's dancing and music that's more. Mm. And yes. do, do you, did you feel like you didn't get your leisure time back until your children had gone like eighteen and going to university? Yes, because that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Linda was going to university. Christine was going to get married, so we were going to lose the two of them mm. um, at the same time, uh, soon. And then bang, I was pregnant. What does that say? I mean. Then your house is full of baby again. Bless her, she's lovely. We all love Sally. <laughs> I've told her all this. She knows all this. <laughs> and would you believe the three of them have all been, <laughs> I was going to say doctored, but they've all had their tubes tied. A Andrew has uh, had a vasectomy. And, uh, but the, the other two girls have both had their tubes tied. <laughs> or whatever it is, but um, because they saw me. Mm. I mean, Linda kept a diary, and uh, she read it out to me one day and said, look, here's today's entry. Mum's still crying. What on earth are we going to do about it? Because Eric was travelling all yeah. the time yeah. away. And um, <laughs> I remember when he came home, uh, always... From America, it would be eight o'clock in the morning, and when he came home, he just looked at me and said, "Well," and I said, "I'm still writing." Because <laughs> oh, you had all those plans so, and something like that. Well, because I knew that things were going up and that we'd be able to do all these things. I worked for a huge research lab in Harlow in Essex, one of three labs 
servicing a multinational corporation which at its peak had 460,000 employees worldwide. And uh, I was chief chemist of this lab and I'd invented myself a dream job of liaising with all the other chemists in Europe. We got scores of factories in Europe in all sorts of businesses. I wanted to get the chemical element together so we could talk the same language and learn. And so I sold this idea and did, did the work for 14 years, which involved me in 350 foreign trips. But that was after the first one, when they said in 1955, we wanted to go to America for six weeks, my first ever time out, for, out of the country, which is quite something to be told, but anyway, I did that. And your first, your first time away from Doris, in a way. Yes. Mm. But I had some really good friends who... Oh, I used to go in, in to see her and she would, um, and Sally would be in, or oh, the children, no, Linda and Christine would be in the house and they would make sure that the children were all right while I was in with the wife. And um, I used to go there, oh, ever such a lot. And her husband would always go in my house um, to make sure that everything was all right, and he'd put the lights on, and they were very kind. Everybody was, because they knew that I missed Eric. We've always had our hips joined. Mm, I could, yes. that's, what, that's what I could tell, because yes, that's right. six weeks. We're one person with two bodies. We're that's, very unusual, really. That six weeks must have been quite a shock, really. Yes, it was. Uh, so how, was how did you fit in, then, your leisure activities and so you didn't you didn't really fit in so I mean things like music with the children surely you would you'd be able well, to do that to play the children lot. were brought up with it they no, didn't think anything up, played of it. to it and they'd dance around the room or just bounce we about on the piano we used to sit Sally on the lid of the piano mm. and the girls would dance around her and all that she'd laugh and mm. it was lovely wasn't it but and Sally, they were brought up with Sally it Sally subsequently grew up to be musical and played in the youth orchestra for the county other than that, the others aren't what I call musicians at all. But they're all artistic. They're artistic. So, so music continues to play, in, yeah, because that's it, because you can do that at home. That's mm. right. We've got pictures of them in the study. That, that, present, but, uh, that was a present to me from me when we moved here 25 years ago. I'd always had use of a grand piano right from a boy. Mm. My father had a grand piano. He was given when he was 15 in the Great War. And each time he bought himself a new one, I'd get the old one. Mm. When we moved here, I decided I want my own new one. So um, we we had the other one that was in a prefab, so heavy that it was bending the floorboard, floorboard. And I took that into Bluesters and bought this one to be delivered here when we moved in. And it's been here ever since. Mm. Really nice piano. Oh, we've had 11,000 no pounds at the time. But it used to be very common, didn't it, that, that families would have a piano? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, a real piano. Mm. This is one of the top five that you can get in the world that professionals use. Well, um, you're right. Now, of course, they're going obsolete mm. because everybody's got an electronic mm. thing. Or, or, or if they do, yeah, like I say, their, their, their entertainment has changed to game like computers and, yes. and the tally. Absolutely. But yeah, I remember my grandma saying Did on a Friday they'd go, um, I can't remember which relative, and they'd all go around there for a Friday night and it'd be like after the pub and there'd be a sing song. Oh, lovely, yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's lovely. That's a much more common thing that they'd all gather around. 
the piano. That's right. My yeah. first ever professional fee was when I was 14 and evacuated to Bedfordshire when the pub, local pub owner in the village latched on that I was a pianist and I'd got a friend who could play the violin. So we used to go and play popular songs in exchange for half a pound of cider. <laughs> that was our pay. <laughs> <laughs> I was at 14. Yeah. Was 14 were you at? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I've performed at Axminster in the Minster a few times, mm. all but once accompanying other people, uh, including our choir, which has done a world premiere, seeing written by a conductor. But I've also done a programme of my own father's music, oh, played yeah, from his man. manuscript, <coughs> which yeah. everyone was interested in. Mm. You've had a lovely time yeah. with the piano. So what other, th- what other aspects, I mean, there are any other aspects of le- your leisure time as adults that you would like to talk about? Well, I like, fact- I like factual books. I've got, a, I've got a study full of factual books, a lot of chemistry, physics, general science, mathematics. Rather um, riveting reads. Riveting <laughs> reads, I like series of music and stuff like that. Mm. But I've also got some fiction, I mean, I do like um, all the Sherlock Holmes stories. I've got them. Eric's written three books. I've written three Um, books myself. Cambridge University Press commissioned one. Mm -hmm. And um, so Eric wrote it. Well, let you tell Joe. Yeah, well, what happened was, due to my work in our laboratories and meeting other people, I became the chairman of the British National Committee on Materials. And... uh, so it's that hat on that Cambridge University Press contacted me and said, can you write a book on materials, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I did, and uh, it's still bring even after 27 years, it, a technical book, it's still bringing in royalties. Not much, okay. but that was that. But previously, I'd written a book on information sources um, of materials generally, to guide anybody in industry, because this is pre-computer days. And that was published as a result of a conference I went to and spoke about it. And previous to that, I wrote one on amateur winemaking, because I lived in a place with a huge grapevine, fruit trees, and um, I'm a chemist, so I made wine as a chemist does, rather than a winemaker. And successful, and uh, so I wrote that book and published it. and. Uh, that was, I sent it to the Amateur Winemaker magazine and the editor said, come round to lunch and talk about it. And who's my hostess at the lunch but Mary Berry, whose name is familiar. Mm. She's the wife of the Amateur Winemaker man. So I went and had a lunch cooked on her agar. Now I have Doris's lunch cooked on our agar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, I was thinking about the one where chap that was going to write all the book oh yes that was, died yes. On the that's uh that was a difficulty that somebody was going to write a lot of the book died before he did and uh, so i had to write his bits which i wanted to good at but nobody saw the joints and then the book was translated into italian unbeknown to me they sent me a paperback copy and said would you like to look at this? This is what we've made of your book in Italian. This is a technical book. Mm. And all I could do is to check the references in the footnotes I can't. My Italian's all musical Italian. <laughs> like Celerando and 
called Vigno and sell them. Oh. Well, it sounds like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it definitely sounds like you had a great deal of fun. Oh, oh yeah. we have. Well, we've we, had a lovely time. It's the best thing we did. We've done the camp there. We've done a lot of holiday stuff. We've, we, apart from the sailing boat, we've done a lot of stuff on cabin cruises on the broads. We've done tent camping. First time was in a bivouac tent, four foot six high, belonging to our delivery man from Sainsbury's who lent us his tent. And then we had frame tents. Then we went from that to caravans. We've had two caravans and towed them around, one of which saved my life, and that's quite a good story. Um, and then uh, that's because when the children came, um, that's the left home, we could have the caravans, couldn't we? When the children came, we had to have a sailing boat. We could take them camp tent camping. Once they, we had a boat and they got the crew. And then when they went, on the boat went, we'd have a caravan. So when your children were young, would you just let them go off and play all day and not come back to tea time? Oh, no. I don't think they wanted to. No. Oh, OK. <laughs> We've always been there. We lived in houses with adequate gardens and so on. So a bit like you, the friends would all come to your house. That's right. And play right. in your garden. It's that's the same thing now. This house is full of people all the time. I think that's fair to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't want to. I've never had really much trouble with them. I mean, they used to come home, get on with their homework and um, go and read. They loved books. And get what they get from Eric. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, in my case, I'm diabetic and my eyes aren't well, good enough to um, see too well. And uh, so... But they never gave you. Did you ever? Did you ever give your? So you never gave your parents any trouble at all. That you got. You got. I mean, well, there was never a no, chance. Not as far as I know. Did no. we hear it? No. Don't, I can't think of anything. There was never a time you had to sort of give a white lie. What my mum calls mother calls a white lie to your parents about what you're up to. No. I don't think they ever asked that much. I don't think we could. We, no. had, we didn't have the opportunity. One lady. Either, one we? lady told me she couldn't remember the film, but her dad refused her to go to see this film so she lied to him and said she was going to go and see the, another film at the cinema and when she got home he said what was the film then what, what was it like and she hadn't gend up oh goodness so she got in a lot of trouble it's, she said that's the only time I can remember <laughs> that I was um, got in trouble and the other trouble the other time she said they went to see Rock Around the Clock when it came out at the cinema and they were all dancing on the tram home, and they got they got asked to get off. Oh, I suppose there was a time when a group of us nearly set fire to a cornfield, but my parents never found out, so it doesn't matter. But uh, messing about with a magnifying glass in a cornfield, putting it on the ears of wheat until it caught fire, and it was back I it don't out. remember that. Right away, we was weren't I? there. <laughs> we weren't there. Oh, you weren't there, there to keep him in order. So, but you managed to keep the fire under control. Well, oh yes, we did let it grow. That we funny. must have done something, but I can't remember no. what it was. If we did no. anything. I mean, my, my mother was telling me about playing on building on bomb sites after the war, and obviously that wasn't something that you were allowed, you were supposed to do. So That's you, right. Somebody would always keep their eye out for the policeman. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't think of anything, really. No. I think we were home-orientated, really. 
And so there was always somebody there keeping their eye on us or that sort of thing. Well, in my case, because we were all girls, I mean, we always said that uh, our dad really willed uh, my sister to get into trouble because he was so frightened that one of us, it, it was going to happen to one of us because mm. we'd always got boys at home. But they, you see there again, they all came home. I bet yeah. Eric can remember yeah, coming imagine, home. Imagine four house. girls, each with a boy, all yeah. going round in the evening. Yeah, it must have been terrible for your mum and dad. That's what I was. But we were all well-intentioned, except yeah. for Cyril, Cyril Roach, one of the boyfriends of yeah. Eileen, used to come with his tuba. That's Use right. it, tuba. Let's play together. So we'd be playing popular songs on the tuba, but the tuba sounds a semitone different to what's written on the music. So we wore the semitone out. <laughs> God. Sounds pretty We, we couldn't stand it after a while. <laughs> So was it very daunting going around to uh, Doris's parents? Oh yes, I used to go was there a lot. Was it daunting? Doris occasionally, Audrey didn't, no. No, was it daunting no, for daunting. you? No, daunting. Was it daunting? No, no. So they're quite... They're I, know quite... He I know he chucked me out once, but that's the way I went That's back. right, he did, yes. My, as us girls, used, my sisters passed around a, a note um, under the under our table while we were sitting there and said look out dad's watching because Eric was holding my hand mm. he was terrified that one of us was going to get into trouble yeah. okay so that is a different age isn't it but the thing is we yeah. all seem to have to come hither that's right we all got married yeah well the bars went round the Kaylee girls are crumbling <laughs> galore <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what it was but uh, it didn't put the boys off. 